This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at everything that Chip's got going on in the Sinker Guy garage. Need to get your hands all set up uh, for some sinkers? Why, yes, he's got you covered. Best Sputniks I use. I absolutely love them. They haven't failed me and they hold up really well. And you know, you can adjust your sinkers a special, uh, or a couple of different ways to make sure they do a little extra holding power if you need it. Yeah, you can take a look at that over at thesinkerguy.com and also on his YouTube channel. He's got some tips and tricks on there. Maybe you need some rigs, the Bruno rig. We don't talk about Bruno. It's been killing it in the surf lately. Absolutely crushing it. Terminal tackle, tools, lots of other great things that he has available over in the Sinker Guy garage. So again, thesinkerguy.com. Get your order in today. New episode, always fun. You can always look forward to Friday, right? If you're getting this one out of the fresh out of the gate like a lot of you are, hope you're uh, doing well wherever you are. And for those of you listening, uh, you haven't had the chance. Maybe this is one of the newer episodes you haven't checked out yet. Welcome to the show. Always good to have you here. We do a lot of fun stuff. We talk a lot of surf fishing throughout the country. And uh, today's no different. We're taking a digital road trip a little north of Florida here. We're heading over to the St. Simons Island area of Georgia. Yeah. Right. You've heard me talk about that before. That's right. The old fun place where the old Kids Can Fish Foundation uh, Red Bull Tournament has held. Yeah, we're talking in that little zone in that area, plus a little up and down. But we'll get right into that. But we're talking with Seth Silverstein, uh, doing massive things in the fishing world, in my opinion. He may downplay it a little, but I think he is. Uh, Land-based shark fishing, surf fishing for all the other good species. He does it all. And we're really going to dig far into that and have great conversation about it so hopefully you got your notepads ready the man definitely knows what he's talking about so without further ado seth welcome to the show man good to have you here hey good to be here how you doing i am great how's your day going Oh, it's going. It's going. Life is good. A little rainy, but uh, we'll get through it. Oh, yeah. That's our, it's the, what is that? That's kind of our snow in a way. Like, so it's summertime. Right? Hold, hold on. We're going to just get all the rain and stuff late spring, early summer. We're just going to crush you with it. <laughs> right? For sure. For sure. What do you do? We'll make it. Yeah. It's, fish tomorrow. it's better than snow. <laughs> it's much better than snow. Much better. <laughs> It's not as heavy. No, no. Not as heavy, not as cold. And you don't have to go on the roof to make it go away. So that's like a a, a double and triple win in itself. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's get right into it, Seth. So tell us your story and what got you into fishing, man. What's that? Uh, I started fishing when I was really young, probably five years old. I remember my mom and dad, uh, we were living in Connecticut at the time, and they took me out uh, blue fishing on a headboat called the My Joy. And uh, they took us on this 85-foot boat a couple hours out in the ocean, and uh, they'd give everybody a pole and a burlap sack, and uh, you'd drop your pole down. Everybody all kind of lined up on the uh, gunnel of the boat, and uh, you'd holler if you get a fish, and they would uh, gaff your fish, put it in your burlap sack, and uh, it kind of got me hooked. So that's uh, how I started. And yeah, been loving it and doing it ever since. <laughs> it's not a bad so. start. And we've, uh, and Seth and I have talked before and it's kind of funny, uh, that 
we kind of have almost a similar story. Um, I'm from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My first time going fishing that I can remember on a boat was a headboat out of New London called the Hellcat. So it was right down the road, and it was right along the right right around the same thing of uh, here's your pole, and then you're gonna drop and let us know when you get fish. And the bluefish up in New England, when you're a, a little kid and they're as tall as you, yeah that that's a that's right. a sight. <laughs> it is. It is. They get pretty stout. They. Uh, I had one one time. Uh, it ran, uh, so my rod bumped into all these other people's, and they they thought I was just fooling around, and I wasn't. There was actually a fish on, but I was so little that I, you know, I couldn't control where he was going, and uh, it, it turned into a little bit of a fuss. But we got through it and wound up getting that fish up. Uh, it was tangled a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was good, good stuff for sure. So when you did so, that, you did the headboat there out of Connecticut. Did you do a lot more fishing in New England uh, before you moved south? Uh, mainly on the headboats and whatnot, and then we go uh, to the piers and uh, creeks and catch like uh, little bluefish. We call them snapper blues and whatnot. I remember fishing for those quite a bit, and uh, I remember the big school of Menhaden always coming up or bunker, and they they just be flooding the rivers and whatnot, just boiling on tops of the water. So. That, that was, uh, I, w- I wasn't doing any of the cool striper fishing or anything because, you know, I, I was little and uh, couldn't wait out there. But uh, so mainly the blue fishing, the, some of my earliest memories. Mm. And that is fun fishing. That is definitely for sure. Well, since then, you've, uh, you've grown, you've moved on and done fun things and continued fishing. So nowadays, what type of fishing do you like to do? Uh I like golf fishing, but uh, primarily right now we uh, land bait shark fish, um, get big deployment reels, uh, send them out for sharks over five, six feet, and that's kind of our thing now. Um, mainly do that, some red fishing, uh, when the bull reds come in in September and October into, into spawn and whatnot, we'll fish for them, as well as uh, black drum and you know, March, April, fish for them, and to just play around every now and then with some flounder and trout also down here. We have pretty good trout and flounder fishery as well, so that's oh. primarily what we focus on. Very nice. It's always nice to have a fishery that's got a, a myriad of fish that you can catch from the shore. It's always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty solid fishery, so can't complain. Definitely. And, and there's good good stuff offshore too. If you were to go on a boat, whatnot, you can catch plenty of kingfish and hit triple tail on the buoys and whatnot. Cuda on the buoys, throwing tubes, and uh, I mean we we have quite a bit of the uh, the species that uh, northern Florida has. So yeah. we're pretty we're, we're fortunate in some ways. <laughs> well, I love one thing about your fishery too, and with what you can catch from the shore uh, when we did the kids can fish tournament i mean what there was a uh, the tie for the tie for the pompano biggest pompano and then uh, somebody caught a triple tail from the beach which right. was a uh, whoa where'd that come from actually i think there was more than one i believe it was two triple tails were caught during the tournament i, I think so yeah i think one was uh, a kid the first year winner of the running of the bulls tournament lane uh, I believe he caught one of the triple tails. And then uh, Kathy Sanders, I believe her name is, she uh, got the Pompano uh, yep. tie for the record. 
So yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it's, uh, we don't generally have anyone that fishes for Pompano up here. So <clears throat> she was, uh, trying it with, uh, some of the methods you guys use down in Florida, you know, the, uh, uh, float rigs and whatnot and fish bites and yeah, she got one. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, something we might have to look into might have an overlooked pompano fishery here that's just you know for that little one you just throw like a small rod like yeah that's gonna be it that's gonna be the one the whiting and whiting and pompano rod (laughs) right something to keep in mind use those fish bites yeah damn i love that stuff out there and that's super good especially with your water and we'll we'll definitely talk about that as we continue there Uh, and if you guys haven't seen kathy's uh post on that or any of the information you want to send her congratulations uh you can take a look at her she's uh i believe it's fishing girl uh f-i-s-h-i-n girl uh you can find her on social media platforms i'll have it tagged back in the comments too but yeah that was a pretty cool thing certified and everything that was that was a good win Very nice, very nice. Yep. So let's talk about this one, uh, moving as we continue with the, the history of you here. What is your favorite thing about fishing? Um, I, I like the serenity and whatnot. Um, also, the way we fish, uh, land-based shark fishing, we usually have a team, a couple guys, you know, that work well together. I mean, I mean bringing in a good-sized shark, you just it's better for the shark and better for you. So, uh I like the camaraderie part of it. Uh, I like the peace and quiet part. Also, like uh, watching my kids uh, learn and grow as fishermen and whatnot. So uh, that's kind of kind of my passion is really watching the kids uh, just become better and better and try to break their personable best, you know, and whatnot. And teaches them about page, patience and keeps them off the old Xbox. So. <laughs> Oh, the old Xbox. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, well, we, we had the Atari and the uh, Nintendo. Yep. We didn't have the Xbox, but uh, yeah, no, it's good to get them outdoors. So. Yeah. These kids don't know. Uh, they don't know the pain of the uh, the laughing dog or the the wired uh, <laughs> wired controllers. <laughs> right? Absolutely. That duck hunt game would uh, get you. Yeah, it was a humbling game. It, it definitely so. was for our younger years. <laughs> for sure. It, it it jaded a whole generation. So that that's that's it in itself right there. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Never, hopefully everybody listening to this, you know, if you were a Nintendo player, you could see that dog <laughs> it's like shooting the screen right. at it. They, you, you throw the gun and whatnot <laughs> at the dog. You, I don't know what happened. Back over the cord, yep, mom. Yep. Back when TVs were bulletproof, almost too. They, you, right, you, they were. You could throw a couple things and get away with it once in a while. Absolutely. Uh, so you do a lot of land-based shark fishing, but like you said, you've got a great fishery there with a lot of options. What is your favorite fish sure. to target nowadays? What's that? I, because I do a lot of land-based shark fishing, I really like sharks. Um, I probably lemon sharks are one of my favorite. We get uh, a ton of lemon sharks here on the Georgia coast, and uh, they, they, they just blister it. I mean, they, they tire out, you know, fairly quick compared to some of the other species. But uh, they, they really, uh, that first couple runs, they really grab it and go, get your heart going. So that, <laughs> it'd have to be a lemon shark. Oh, I've heard, uh, I, I think you and I believe Coastal, uh, worldwide has uh, has talked mm-hmm. about lemons. Delaware. 
Yep, yep. Dylan's out. Congratulations, Dylan, if you hear this on your wedding. We're very happy for you. Hope you're having a wonderful uh, time. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Yeah, but he was he's always talking about how sharks you know that initial run and you can kind of get an idea of what you're dealing with on the the first couple minutes after the hook set and then how they fight and then obviously you get the win right. at the end but it, it i've heard that a lemon grabs and runs they do they do uh depending on how you set your drag you can stop them in their tracks or if you set your drag a little bit lower where like we do in georgia because we are fish or a little bit smaller than those Florida boys, but uh, yeah, I mean they 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 can they can run you pretty good <laughs> on light drag and whatnot. It's fun. It's really fun. That's so. the, that's the key. It is always the key. What has been one of your what's the craziest or favorite catch that you have in your brain? Oh, I don't think I have anything that crazy. Unfortunately, we'll get a pretty big sea turtle every now and then that's kind of nuts and uh well we always we'll get one or two a year and we'll uh we'll get the hook out most of the time but occasionally we'll have to call the uh sea turtle center and they'll ship somebody over to come get the turtle and they'll rehab him and send him back out which is good it's nice we have uh you know a place like that pretty close that can uh come and get them if you find an injured one or you hook one or anything like that. So it's, it's in their favor that we have it. So yeah, yeah. it's a good thing. But uh, car parts from a cargo ship that caught on fire, caught some of those. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was a uh, cargo ship that uh, it's it, uh, wowed too much water in the ballast system and it caused it to almost tip over and land on a sandbar in uh, the St. Simon Sound. It was there for, oh, approximately almost two years while they had to uh, uh, dismantle it. They had to bring in, uh, I think it was called like the VB-10,000 or something, um, giant crane. It looked like almost the McDonald's arches and it had a giant diamond chain and they cut the ship into eight different sections. And Took them two years and two, three billion dollars to uh, get that out of our sound. So, I mean, it was great for tourism. It was not so great for fishing, but uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, caught some car parts here and there. That's crazy, dude. So, after all of that right there, and now you have car parts sitting on the bottom and you can still pull them. Wow. That's crazy. You can. You can. Unfortunately, they're Hyundais and stuff. I didn't get any rolls royce hood ornaments or anything cool but uh yeah we will get what we get you know definitely get that one well with uh with everyone i always love asking this one what is a bucket list fish that you want to catch someday a bucket list hmm oh probably the guy in a gray suit he he has to be uh in georgia um a gray white would be amazing from the the land in georgia uh will it ever happen probably not but you know we'll we'll keep uh hoping so you never yeah. know what's out there so that's what's so cool about the ocean yeah i mean catch you can catch anything so that, that would be it even though it's a protected species and whatnot I, i'm not aware of anyone that has caught one from uh the beach in our state so who knows? Maybe. Or Mako. Mako would be amazing, too. Yeah, oh, the blue yeah. man. 
Uh, he, yeah, it'd be very cool, but don't don't think that's going to happen either. But well, we can wish. Yeah, you never know with sharks, right? I mean, you go out there to little shark fish, and all of a sudden it's all, oh, hey, well, that's different. Right? No, I mean, we actually, uh, oh, last week or so, I caught a tiger shark uh, here. And it being uh, May is pretty early for any with any tiger sharks to be caught in Georgia. So that, that, that was a nice little welcome catch and whatnot. So, I mean, usually we'll get a few tigers in uh, June and July and occasionally in October. But, uh, yeah, that was the first one in uh, May. So oh. yeah, that was pretty cool. I wonder if that's going to be a sign of things to come for the shark season. Hope so. I hope so. Be nice if we got invaded with them this year. <laughs> now, before you all freak out, if you're not a land based shark fishing, we always like to talk about this, and I will like to put it out there before we really get into things. The fishing world and what we do doesn't bring the sharks to shore. They, the shark angler is not bringing the sharks to come find you, they were already there. So please don't don't mistake fishing for trying to bring sharks into you people at the beach. We're not trying to mess with you, really. We promise we're not. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. And we try to fish when there's uh, no, no one swimming in the water and whatnot, less busy days uh, yeah. or, in the, or at night and whatnot. We, we try not to, you know, see little kids swimming and chunk out five-pound piece of bait. That's just <laughs> not what we do. Yeah, no. Where we, so we we try to keep it on the up and up. So perfect. Well, you talked about a bucket list of a couple of ideas there. Where would be a dream place for you to try and go fish someday? Hey, maybe Costa Rica for rooster fish. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, those are uh, pretty unique critters. Wouldn't mind one of those. No, like that would definitely be. I could see that being pretty cool. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen, also Sean Lawless just came back from a trip from there. Do you see? Have you seen his videos yet? I have not. I have not. Sean Lawless. Yep, the Lawless Tide. Uh, he just got back and after a trip down there. He was down with Salt Squatch and uh, the the crew down there, and they were they were out in the jungle, did some fishing, and they were catching a whole bunch of different types of fish. I believe they got a rooster, a bunch of kuberas. But man, oh, nice. it, it, between that one and Los Busos, that place just looks like so much fun for a fishery down down south. No, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I I probably should go do it. I'll wait till all my kids are a little bit bigger. But uh, I don't want to go all the way out and find out, you know, they don't remember or something. Done yeah. that at Disney World. Yeah. We're gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Make that dollar stretch, man, because that's right? that's not a cheap trip to go. That's for sure. Uh, no, no, it's not. But uh, eh, we'll, we'll get there. Yep. We'll get there. I got faith. Yeah, there you go. So. Well, last question on this one, and then we'll move into the, the knowledge piece. What has been one of your very favorite fishing memories? I think it's a recent one. Uh, in uh, October of 2021, the Kids Can't Fish was hosting uh, their first uh, – annual running the bulls tournament and uh my son and i doubled up on uh redfish during the tournament and his held up and he was able to get third so i, I think that's uh probably one of my favorite memories and whatnot it was just really cool you know the fact we both doubled up and 
his fish was able to get him third place. So it was pretty exciting. That's... And I mean, his grand grandpa was there and whatnot. It was cool. It was really cool. That definitely would be a great memory. I mean, and that that was that's such a fun tournament to fish in. It really is. Oh, it is. They're a great group, and uh, we're pretty active with them, and look forward to see how they grow and progress in the future. They're uh, they're really good people, so pretty uh, pretty fond of them. Yeah, hard not to be. Hard so, not to be. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. They're great people. And, I mean, and their their cause is great. I mean, we did a cast net clinic with them uh, last weekend, and uh, I mean, it it was great. I mean, there was must have been 50 kids out there that each received a cast net and uh yeah it was just really good i mean we were getting kids that never done it before and once we showed them how uh i mean they're throwing pancakes on their first cast it was just amazing so to see their face light up after uh you know they didn't think they could do it or were struggling and then they you just show them a little different way and all of a sudden they're throwing a pancake and catching fish or catching crabs with the cast net, I mean, they're, they're just thrilled. It was awesome. So look forward to, uh, doing more stuff with them. That was a really good looking one too. I was, I was sad that we live all the, I live so far away, but that was a great clinic. So great job being out there with them, supporting and helping, man. Oh, for sure. That's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have a good, uh, good mission. So we're pretty fond of them. Perfect there. Well, we've already finished the first part here, so let's move into the old fishing tips, tricks, and knowledge. But before we do that, Hey, It's been 20 minutes. You know what that means. It is your first bait check of the episode. Reel that line in. Make sure you got good bait. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. If not, hey, time maybe change it up. Maybe a little bit of something different. Maybe that one fish bite isn't working. Change the flavor and the color. Maybe the rig doesn't. I don't know. Get it on back out and try again. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go over to ninjatackleva.com and get your hands on a whole bunch of great things. And I can't say enough about this seven-foot travel rod. I've got it. I've had it out a bunch of times, uh, and it has yet to show me a weakness. Throwing uh, a little bit past its rating a couple times and also right down to the bottom of its rating. And it is slinging lead however I can. Great control and great fishing with it. And that will cover you on so many different myriads from the surf all the way to inshore. Uh, And you can play with it offshore if you really wanted to get crazy with the cheese whiz. Yes, you could. He's also got fishing rigs, uh, different types of rods. He's got in there into the Accios brand. And if you want into the tactical side, Ninja Tactical's got optics, uh, Glock components, different sub-assemblies for weapons as needed. So if you want, take a look at that. NinjaTackleVA.com. Get your order in. Be all set up for success. So now that we moved into this one, let's talk about the old fishing tips, tricks, and knowledge. So for you personally, if you're going out to fish, not when you're, you know, doing any of the other bigger ones like that, how do you plan your fishing trip before you go? What's that? Um, first thing we usually do is check the weather. Uh, you know, obviously get all our gear ready, make sure our leaders are all done, our baits all together, poles have top shot, whatnot. Uh, yeah, check the weather, make sure, you know, we're not going to turn into a lightning rod and, uh, <laughs> winds a factor. We, uh, you know, we'll, where we fish, you know, it'd be depending on how the wind's coming. And, uh, 
water temp and whatnot. And yeah, just usually, I mean, we fish the same areas. So, I mean, we kind of know what we're getting into. Like today we have eight foot tides. So right off the rip, I know I can fish four beaches, four different access points on St. Simon's Island with an eight foot tide. And the majority of the beaches are not going to happen on the high tide just because the water will push you all the way back to the the rocks yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, the fact that we, that I live here and whatnot helps tremendously. So, cause our tides are so large. So, I mean, obviously we'll look at a tide chart, you know, see what's going on and go from there. Man, your tides, I'd, I'd almost forgotten about how the tides are there. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll never forget. They're, uh, <laughs> They're massive. I mean, I mean, like today, we'll have 8.1 feet of water movement uh, every what from high to low. So eight, it's eight foot coming in. It's going to go out 8.1 feet on a negative low. So there'll be quite a bit of water movement. We got all those estuaries and whatnot. So not only do you have uh, the water that's pushed up into them, that that'll come out also after after the sound dumps it's like the estuaries dump also mm-hmm. so it's like you get that other little pickup of uh more water movement and whatnot okay. so yeah it uh it moves moves quite a bit so so with all the movement there and i know that you fish a lot and you have your own honey holes and that but if someone was coming down there to try to start fishing here uh, based on what you just talked about weather or they got a plan there now if you're going out how would you select your spot to fish i would probably talk to people i i mean if you're not familiar with our tides i, I would try to get on one of the group chats uh bay shark fishing or link up with somebody in this area that way you have some idea of the tides or bait store should be able to tell you where you'll have beach left uh to fish and whatnot um but yeah i i mean i mean i can just tell you right now if you're uh if you're on saint simon's island you want to fish an eight foot tide you have the choice of fifth street Coast Guard Station and a few spots on East Beach. That is, that are your, those are your choices for uh, uh, fishing on an eight foot high tide. So anything other than that, you're not, you're not fishing it unless you don't mind being in the rocks. Or, so. yeah, or against the berm and stuck in the way the back. <laughs> right, right. You'll, you'll be in the dunes. Uh, Across the yellow rope, so <laughs> hopefully the bird, bird people or sea turtle people won't find you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit, quite a bit of water movement here for sure on that one. So good spot picking there. Now let's talk about gear and how you set it up. You know, with land based shark sure. fishing and obviously other surf fishing, you got a couple of different setups. But let's talk about on the land based one. How far out do you normally drop your uh, your bait? Um. We drop baits. We start at about 125 yards, and we we just kind of do a fan pattern with uh, dropping our baits, and we range them out uh, 125. We'll put one at 160. We'll put one at 210. Put one at 250. All the way out to 300. So we we like to be between 125 and 300 yards. Uh, that way we cover enough 
area and whatnot. We're a pretty shallow coast, but I mean, some guys in Florida like to drop a thousand yards. That's not for me. I'm a, I'm a 300 yard and, and kind of guy, uh, based on South Georgia and the East part, East coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, uh, about how far we go. So with the long distance there and the great fanning, you're covering all zones. Let's talk about uh, one other piece with that, too, because now you're talking about the tidal swing that you have. What tides do you like to fish? I like fishing the two hours before the top of the high um, to about two to three hours of the outgoing tide. Um, the reason is, uh, it, yeah, obviously, with all that water movement, you're going to swing uh, on our beaches to the right side going into the sound on the high and then you're going to swing to the left going out towards the ocean on the low so uh, that way because if you fish after say two to three hours on the switch uh, from high to low it, it'll just start pulling too hard that uh, 16 ounce spider weight will break and you'll you'll be down the beach so so that doesn't I sound like, fun. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. So I, I, I prefer the, uh, you know, two hours before the high to the, you know, two, three hours to the switch. And have you noticed with the tides a difference in the bite or anything like that? Um, I, my personal opinion is the, uh, the switch of the high is the bite gets pretty hot around here. Um, wow, the high, not it, the low, huh? No, not the low, not the low at all. Not in my experience. So. Wow, I'm impressed. I, it's it's so fun to talk to other people about um, you know, fishing in their areas and stuff like that because some people, oh man, swear by the high tide. The high tide is the is the king. Yeah, that is that is where we run. But if it's not that one, uh, then it's oh, I need the low. I, I want that low because I need right. that suck. I need that to go out. I need to pull the scent out to bring them back to me. So it's it's been right. interesting seeing the differences there. Yeah, no, that, that surprised me a little bit too. A lot of guys like the low, huh? We we just never seem to have the same bite. I mean, if I if I were to go back and look at all the fish caught, and you know, versus records and whatnot, it, it'll be primarily high switch and whatnot, opposed to bottom of the low i mean we'll catch fish at the bottom of the low and we will fish it but i i mean if i had to pick one it'd be the the high switch every time yeah yeah makes sense there have you ever when you're talking about this too with your planning especially nighttime fishing with sharks do you do any kind of planning around moon phases or does that not come into your factor what's that um i i some guys love full moons i do not like them i prefer it when it's darker so the less moon the better but uh yeah i mean moon phases isn't that big a deal for me uh the problem with the full moon again is we get we have such high tides that obviously with a full moon the tides are even higher and uh it it just makes more trash from our marshes run you know run into your line and all that so yeah I, i i prefer uh fishing with a more stable tide my only experience fishing in your area is on a king tide it's like oh this is Ah. not fun (laughs) right yeah that can be trying 
Uh, if you come down this year for the running of the bulls tournament, though, the tides are perfect. Oh, the dude, that's great. Good. They're the best they've been in the last two years. So they'll, uh, they'll be like six, six, six and a half feet. Perfect. Oh, nice. We're only going to have to walk like fish. 50 yards out. We won't have to walk like 200. Right? Boom. <laughs> that's a win. That's a win. Definitely a win. Definitely a win. <laughs> All right. And you won't be in the rocks. No, no. I'm, and I'm okay with that this year. I I really am. Well, so we talked about deployment rigs and stuff like that, but let's talk about your rigs. So, again, you know, we all know you're using different setups here, and let's talk about that setup. So let's talk about the rig. What types of rigs, and how does the setup work for you? Um, Are you talking rods and reels, or are you talking leaders, or oh, all of it? I was going with the leaders. Um, we can, Or if you want to give okay. me the whole rundown, we can go down the whole thing, man. I'd all four, you know, okay. cause, because uh, what I don't want, and, and I've always said this with, well, now that I've learned it more, land-based shark fishing, please don't go out there underprepared. Don't go out there with a light rod and tackle and try to go after these sharks. Nothing good is going to come from that. So, yeah, let's definitely yeah. talk about what you're, you're what you're running with. All right. We, uh, we generally run... Uh, reels from with my kids from 30 wides uh up 30s to 50s uh and we'll go up to 80 wides here um we'll use braid uh 130 pound braid hollow core to 130 pound uh top shot leader on the 30s uh the 50s will run 150 braid to 150 150 to 200 pound top shot the 80s will run 200 braid to 200 pound top shot um our leaders uh for the deployment reels uh, the 30s 50s and 80s um we use uh roscoe swivels uh to about 25 30 feet of 800 pound uh monofilament uh we then run it to uh six to eight hundred pound cable bite section uh to a 20 odd hook for deployment and then casting you basically we'd run spinning reels uh 8500 size 80 pound test uh 600 pound mono leader to three foot bite section your total leader length will be eight foot nine foot so you can still cast it and uh yeah that's kind of the rigs we run and a 13 odd hook on the uh casting nice gear so the cast the casting gear is the closer in the old you're looking at the three to five footers you're not going after the nine and ten footers there uh you you could actually wind up with a nine or ten footer pretty easy on casting gear that'd be terrifying (laughs) right well we have we have a a uh, guy over on Jekyll, he's a really good shark fisherman, Blake Brown. He uh, targets a lot of those larger ones with casting. And uh, he caught an 11.5-foot tiger on uh, an 8,500 uh, reel and a uh, 12-foot rod. So wow. he, he, he got it in. So probably, probably the biggest uh, tiger shark uh, I've heard about on a, you know, a casting, mm-hmm. casting bait. So... It's a pretty good one. So, so great explanation. I, I don't know that I'd want that fight. <laughs> yeah, I no. don't know that I'd want that fight. No, 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 no. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, cool to watch, for sure. <laughs> oh, 
absolutely, absolutely. Oh so. man! So uh, you you talked about the the rigs and the setup. They're perfect pieces on the knowledge one, um, and mostly mono and braid on that. Now, when you're, do you always stick with mono because of the stretch, or what? Why is mono your go to over fluoro? Um. Well, we we don't use it. We're not worried about the fish seeing it in our muddy water. Um, but uh, it, mono fluoro is just too tough to use as a top shot for us because we put about a hundred yards of top shot on our reel, and then the top shot goes to a swivel, and then we have a mono shock, shock leader on our leaders of twenty-five to thirty feet to cable and hook. So our leaders basically have a built-in shock shock absorber on them slash abrasion resistance. That's smart. Yeah. And the top the top shot is just if the fish were to get wrapped up and hit the the mono top shot with his tail or rub on a sandbar or shell, it just gives you a, you know some more abrasion resistance opposed to braid. That I mean, you nick braid, that's pretty much a goner. I mean, it's great because it doesn't stretch and it cuts through the water wonderfully. But, I mean, you know, the mono uh, just gives you a little bit more insurance against uh, breakage and whatnot. So, it, you know, wears the fish out faster. and it, It's your friend. It helps you. It helps the fish. So, yeah. Make... That's, what, that's why. Good call. That's why we use mono. Perfect. Good knowledge, and good. Thank you for sharing on that one. Because hopefully uh, you oh, all sure. took a little piece of little piece of happiness out of that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the sinker piece because I know for sharking is a little bit different than surf fishing. There, you're going to use something else. What do you use on the old si- uh, side for sinkers there to hold in place? What's that for sinkers? We uh, we use uh, spider weight sinkers uh, for casting. Uh, you can use, we use eight ounce pyramid to 10 ounce pyramids, or we use an eight ounce spider weight, um, for the deploying, like droning out or kayaking out. We use generally a 16 ounce copper leg spider weight. Uh, it holds a little better than the aluminum and doesn't break your rod like the stainless steel ones. Well, because the stainless steel ones are wonderful, but I mean, uh, the problem is, I mean, trying to get them in, uh, it's a chore. Yeah. It, it, could, uh, yeah. it, it could take your rod out. I mean, so well, we found the copper to be a nice, happy medium between the two. Copper bend. Copper does like to bend a little. Gets brittle after a bunch of times, but copper likes to bend a little bit more than steel. Huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so moving into the next piece, and with that one, what types of bait or do you like to use? Um, bait, we generally, uh, we like a lot of stingray, uh, barracuda, uh, kingfish, if we can get it fresh, and shark, like Atlantic sharp nose or bonnethead. Those are the two here we uh, use most often just because they're accessible. They only have to be 30 inches to keep. So, yeah, I mean, you can get a sharp nose to 30 inches, no problem. And you can usually get a bonnet head to 30 inches, no problem. So they're, they're accessible and sharks love to eat sharks. So mm-hmm. uh, those, those which, are preferred baits. Which is weird. It's almost like, you know, why? But then you, know, you think about catfish. You could throw a, you could throw a catfish out and a catfish will eat it. You know, so they're, they're just right? going to eat the meat they smell. Uh, no, they, you're right. And I mean, some of the sharks actually uh, will 
fight uh, in the womb and whatnot. Like if there's one that's larger, it'll take out its siblings in the womb. Uh, sand tigers are a good example of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, maybe they learned it before birth or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they like shark for some reason. Didn't know that. That's kind of a cool little little Sir. knowledge beast there. Huh. Well, before we move on here, we're going to go ahead and knock out one more bait check because we got more questions and we got a lot more to go. It is your second bait check of the episode. Hopefully you got a bunch of fish. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'd like. We all want that, man. We all want that for you. Bring that line in and double check it. Make sure it's good. If nothing's happened yet, maybe it might be time to move on. And I've been 40 minutes here. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you, but might be trying to see if something's different. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DSCustomTackle.com is a great place to get your hands on all sorts of sub-assembly and rigs and rig-making gear. Hooks, swivels, teasers. I mean, you name it. So many great things. If you're a rig tire looking to get your hands into a supplier or somebody to help you out through this, DS Custom Tackle is an ex- excellent option to go with. They've also got pre-tied rigs, old Barry's rig, the BS fishing rig. Love it. Love it, dude. Love all the good things you're doing. Yeah, it's got that little nice-looking sand flea one. And don't forget, I'm talking about the sand flea, the glow-in-the-dark one. Man, that float, it's doing some good things if you haven't seen it online. DSCustomTackle.com. Get your order in today. Get yourself set up. You're going to need that gear. Get it from a good source. Well, now that we moved in into the base, uh, we, we've talked about sharks. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other fishery because you also fish for trout, triple tail. You know, you, you still also do the regular fishing. Trout right. are a huge, uh, you guys can catch them there at the surf all the time from what I hear. What's that? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we can catch them. Uh, I mean, Popping cork and live shrimp is usually what uh, everybody uses around here for trout. I mean, you can use artificial, but I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not red fishing artificial or <laughs> trout or anything. So, uh, I mean, shrimp and uh, popping cork. So, yeah, you can catch them in the surf. Uh, a lot of times we'll set uh, slip bobbers and uh, set our depth and catch them off the piers and stuff and usually set your depth from 11 to 13 feet with a live shrimp on a cork and uh, small weight and yeah same as flounder you can uh, get yourself quite a few trout on the right tides wow so what do you prefer when you're out there for that if you're going that route are you trying do you like going after trout or flounder more or is there a certain one you really like doing fishing that way What's that? I, I am really a shark, redfish, black, black drum kind of fella. Uh, I, I mean, trout are okay. I just, uh, unfortunately, most of my gear is so large because I shark fish yeah. that I don't have enough. Uh, I don't have enough uh, small gear and whatnot. I, I mean, I have a couple rods. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I, I just, I, I tend to. I'm kind of the mindset: bigger the better, and biggest fish I can get. I just, that's the way I like it. So, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, try and try. I mean, trout are cool and flounder are cool, but I mean, I, I just, I don't eat, I don't eat them from out of here. So, I mean, if I were eating them, that'd be one thing. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're bait. And I know that probably appall most people, but uh, 
I mean, yeah, trout or bait, not flounder. <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah, not flounder. No. <laughs> so, but no. You, you, we'll, we'll let the sheephead live too. Uh the sheepies. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you brought in. You brought me right to the next one that I was really looking forward to talking about. The old, the old trout was a little appetizer. Now let's talk about that fish right. that we're all going to be chasing at the tournament. There, the big reds, and you guys have big reds. We do. We we uh, we have a great red fishery. Uh, come September and October, uh, for the surf and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they come in to uh, spawn, and uh, we have blast with them. They're, they're a really good time. So we, we, we look forward to uh, September and October. <laughs> so let's talk about that on how to catch them. What do you find is your normal setup to target redfish? Target redfish, uh, it's pretty similar to uh, how we target a pup shark on a spinning reel. Uh, we use 12-foot rods. 6500 to 8500 class uh spinning reels with 65 to 80 pound test um we put it on probably a, a little bit shorter leader uh we use probably about five foot leaders with a swivel to your mon and we actually use all mono for redfish so uh i mean we just make a mono leader and crimp it up with a 10-aught hook and uh, put a coast lock on there for your weight and slide back and forth and whatnot. You can you can put another crimp on there to fix it if you want it to stop, you know, before you hook and whatnot. And piece of cup mullet or whiting or bluefish, and you're in business. There you go. Blue, blue crab if you uh, are feeling frisky. Those are always good bait, too. Half a crab. So... Them reds do like blue crab. Man, they love munching on them things, that's for sure. So yes, sir. With a 10-odd hook, um, the, the good thing, I mean, if you're going out for the big ones, like I said, big, big hook, big bait, big fish, uh, and you're not going to be dealing with the pesky smalls to try to take the stuff away. Granted, you're probably, you know, you've also got a possibility for a shark. Have you, uh, what's yeah. the kind of like, all right, hey, look, we're going to go with this because we're targeting reds. Have you found a different method works better with reds than it, doesn't really bring the sharks down to you or catching them uh no yeah same same <laughs> no. same here that's why i was asking like i know you might have a trick all right i'll take it <laughs> i i wish i did i wish i did but uh i, I mean truthfully if you want it, it'll crab will cut down on your number of sharks but if there's bonnet heads which there usually are because we had the mullet run around mm -hmm. then um the bonnet heads will come and you know pick up your crab but generally generally a lot of the other sharks you know you you don't at least i don't seem to catch them as much on crab as i do like mullet or whiting yeah. and whatnot so and you've got a great but, yeah mullet. and with the sorry go ahead oh yeah no we have a great mullet run and whatnot um yeah it, it always helps the old bait freezer when you can uh throw a <laughs> net and get some so Definitely. I mean, that's one of the things I laughed about when I went down and visited. Like, hey, you guys want to go throw nets for mullet? I'm like, throw nets for mullet? What are you talking about? That's that's a thing down up here? I'm like, uh, yeah, we, yes, we catch a ton of mullet. What do you think? Can get out here. And, and you all get some great mullet, great size, you know, big and small, great yeah. ones, oh, eaters, yeah. all of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we get some good mullet. I mean, 
every year somebody will catch one that's silly, like seven or eight pounds. Wow. And uh, it's like, what? A, I mean, it looks like a redfish more than a mullet. But, uh, yeah, they get they, they get pretty big, surprisingly. And, uh, yeah, it's, they're welcome for sure. So <laughs> Mullet's such a confusing fish to me. I mean, it's a vegetarian. It's like, come on, just eat a sand flea just once. Maybe a piece of shrimp. Right? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, we... And the sand fleas, you guys are before you get those and whatnot. We we we're pretty limited. I mean, they're here, but our sand is really hard packed. Yeah, it is. So I, I, I mean, we don't we don't get the number of sand fleas that say you guys get or St. Augustine gets or anything like that. And a lot of it's just due to the how how compact our sand is, which is good for pulling a cart, but uh, not as good for sand fleas. So. Yeah. Yeah, if any of you were going to visit that area, you know, bring bring comfy beach shoes that give you a little cushion because it is it's walking on concrete. Uh, it's it's packed down a little bit. It's back yeah. down, so. <laughs> well, in, in your case, going to see you guys, well, what, what what kind of shoes we need? Uh, you got the fluffy white stuff, right? Yeah, you need uh, snowshoes. <laughs> All right, it's, got it's, it. It's beautiful got it. powder. It just won't let you. It'll let you. It'll let you step, but it's gonna give you a little bit of cushion. And yeah, it's weird. It's that always throws Does me a it, curve. Right. Cool. Cool. Good to know. Uh, so let's talk into the next one here. So if you've been out there going, and we all get there, sometimes the fish just don't want to come hang out right away. So how do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? <laughs> With land based shark and once you deploy you're kind of out there i mean you can pick up and move but now granted you got to throw a kayak back in the truck to uh go elsewhere and whatnot so we we mainly stick it out i mean we'll we'll pick a spot that we know sharks are generally i mean they go all up and down the beaches i mean if you're out here on saint simon's or jekyll I mean, there's a shark going to come by your bait. It's just how it is. So, I mean, just a matter of sticking it out. Um, you can move, but, I mean, like, again, I mean, you're throwing a kayak in the back in the truck or, I mean, or you're reeling up five rods that are 300 yards out and going down where you just likely have the same shot as you do where you were. I mean, it's just a matter if they're going to eat or not you know you get the right one that swims by so right and like you yeah. talked about you, you, your watercolor plays a, a little bit of that game too i mean you, you you don't have you know you guys differentiate between mud and a little murky and you get a clear days too but right you guys have to play into that game of watercolor right and i mean most most of the time our our water inshore looks like yahoo the drink i mean it's a. <laughs> It's uh, full of sediment from the uh, estuaries and rivers, and we're a real shallow coast, so it's real sandy and tough to see. So uh, I, I don't, I mean, unless you're back in the creeks or whatnot, visibility is, uh, I think they're using a lot of smell and whatnot. I mean, they can probably see better than us, but uh, I mean, if you look in that water, you're not seeing very far. So yeah, <laughs> not until about three, four miles off, so. Wow, that far, man. Yes, sir. Yep. Your islands are, it, it's a cool thing to see if you guys haven't been to St. Simon's area or Jekyll. It, it's 
this island chain is pretty fun to look at and it's it's pretty but it's also weird we're like wow there's a sandbar out there that's like a half a mile from right me. how the hell is that there <laughs> right yeah no we're very very shallow coast i mean there's many spots you can uh you can walk out three four hundred yards and you'll be at your chest that's e- even on a high tide oh man that's uh, nuts I mean, yeah it is it is so uh yeah i mean i mean best thing you can do is uh pick a, either read the water and whatnot or uh pick up navonics or something and they'll give you give you an idea where some deeper water is for you but uh we're we're generally pretty shallow coast yeah all in all well, let's, you mentioned monthly. So, I mean, you gave a couple of different great examples of, hey, this month is this, this month is this. Uh, would right. you, what have you noticed as the ultimate, these are the great seasons to fish, and then this time is just, no, this is the worst time to be out here fishing? Okay. Uh, right now is about, it's getting into peak time. Our water temp just hit 77 degrees, um, which is really warm for us right now. But, uh, I mean, everything is coming from Florida, east coast of Florida, and it's moving up north. So, I mean, we're we're about there. By the first of June, we'll have all our species here, for the most part. Uh, right now, we're catching scallop, hammerheads, bull sharks, sandbar sharks, black tips. Uh, guys caught some lemons the other day. Uh, just uh, tiger, like I said. Uh, earlier this month in may so we're it's may's a good time through all the way may through october is really a great time if you want to shark fish uh redfish is september and october for the big bull reds uh you can catch redfish year round here if you go in the creeks and are looking for slot reds and stuff and you might hit a big one but i mean generally that 14 to 23 inch mark on our redfish you can hit just about year-round. Um, trout, uh, you can get them most of the year back in the rivers as well. Uh, sheephead, we fish for them when it's really, really cold, so 50 degrees. I know that's not snow, uh, like on the roof or anything, but... Uh, that's still chilly. Yeah, it's still... <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretty chilly, I think. So, uh, sheephead, you know, in the winter and whatnot. Uh then black drum is usually March and April is when we get them. So, yeah, I mean, and obviously every species will have a preferred water temp right. and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much if you're here from May through October, you're going to have some really good fishing if you want to catch, you know, sharks or rays or whiting, trout, flounder, anything like that. We we have pretty good pretty good assortment of that stuff oh that's great so, man it sounds like a it sounds like a great fishery and i've it I, I enjoyed it, it. yeah we we'll hope you come back and uh enjoy it again this year oh i will I'm, si- I'm signed up for that that's for sure but you were going to say something there Excellent. we were talking about your go ahead you were going to talk about your fishery there oh i just yeah no we got a really it, it's a unique fishery i mean it's probably similar it's low country so similar to south carolina and whatnot but uh i mean it's just it's all around a pretty solid fishery i mean we don't have a lot of the cool stuff you know that you guys have where you are i mean you guys can catch pompano or 
you can catch tuna off the mile off the beach in the winters and whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, Mako's and some of those cool sharks, but for I mean, for Georgia to only have a hundred miles of coastline, and we're in it, we're pretty happy that we have it. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool fishery. It's certainly worth a worth a shot. Come out and try and see a different area. Definitely, so. definitely. And the people are great. And, hey, uh, the food and all the hospitality that I've seen, if you've ever been to St. Simon's, is wonderful. It's a great place to go with your family and all that. I mean, I got nothing else to plug on that. I've only been there once, and I really enjoyed it. So you all should go. Huh? Like, seriously, go. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down. Look us up. We'll get you on fish. Oh, there you go. Right so. there. All right. Well, we're moving into the last section, the closing section here. But before we do that, we got to you know, we got to check one more time. we got to make sure we still got bait going. It is your final bait check of the episode. Hopefully, you got some fishies. You've had to have had some by now. It's been an hour. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. If not, get it in, throw it back out, try again. Because that's all we can do because it's fishing, not catching. This bait check has been brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. You heard us talking about it through the show, but definitely here they are. They are a great organization that I can't say good enough about. Uh, they're helping kids get out and go fish. And they do that through your contributions and also through the tournament of the St. Simons Island Running of the Bulls. Great team out there, and like Seth was talking about earlier, they had the cast net clinic. Every kid went home with a cast net, and every kid learned how to throw it. That's huge. They have other ones for casting, fishing, all these little gatherings that they do. You can find them all on their website, and also if you follow them on social media, they tell you when these are coming up. They're great programs to do. So if you're in the area and you want to get involved, by all means, jump on that. Head over to kidscanfish.net and take a look at on the website all the things that they are doing to follow the schedule. But you can also give your donations there and sign up for the Running of the Bulls tournament. I will be there. I also know that Team Smitty from Smitty Surf Fishing down the road from me, my counterpart for the Panhandle Fishing Report, he's going to be out there. And old Salty from Salty's Pompano Rigs, he's going to be out there as well. So the Panhandle is going to be come out. We're looking forward to seeing everybody. So kidscanfish.net, help them out. More tackle boxes, less Xboxes. That is awesome. So let's get these last ones here and get you out of here for the night, man. What knowledge would you give to a brand new angler wanting to start out in the land-based shark fishing game? Um, I think they should uh, just have realistic expectations and uh, handle some sharks before they, you know, you'll see on the... Uh, the shark fishing forums are on the internet guy reels in 14 foot hammerhead or they'll see a 12 foot tiger shark. They're like, yeah, I want to do that. That's awesome. Um, the problem with that is if you haven't handled a lot of sharks and even if you have still, they can be quite a lot to deal with. Uh, I mean, assuming you have the proper equipment to bring them in, uh, you gotta be, you know, you, now you have to deal with this thing. That's, you know, weighs is twice as big as you and weighs three times as much. So um, I, I think they should, you know, start small with, you know, get a 12 foot casting rod with a, a spinning reel, 80 pound test and, you know, just target some five, six footers and under, you know, until they get used to handling the sharks and releasing them. Cause we, we want them released safely and whatnot. We, we want them get back good and we want you to be good. Um, and, and until you handle quite a few of them, uh, I mean, you, you're just not going to be comfortable. 
you, you'd have to be crazy to uh, never have handled a shark and go jump on a 12 footer's back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's I mean, insane. That's that, that would definitely be crazy. Yeah. And I, I would tell them that don't get too comfortable with them. I'll always be on guard because I mean, I'm fortunate. I have not been bit yet. I have friends, many friends that have been, and that's a club I don't want to join too badly. So, uh, yeah, just uh, start small, work your way up, uh, be patient, and just talk to people. Uh, you know, find out what they're doing, and you know, try to. I mean, you know, imitations is the most sincerest form of flattery. So, uh, I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but uh, there's plenty of you know information out there, and yeah, just uh, give it a go. I mean, get a rod, piece. Of mullet or something leader and cast it out there you, you'll find you'll find a toothy one <laughs> yes so. yes you will you will we use yes <laughs> what do you uh what do you think has been a reason for such a surge to surf fishing and land-based shark fishing um i, th- I think some of it's the accessibility um you don't need a hundred thousand dollar boat to go fishing you simply need a you know, a sand spike, uh, rod, reel, leader, and some bait, and you, you, you can fish, and you can catch a variety of species uh, just right from the beach. I mean, and you're, you can catch pompano, whiting, drum, uh, black and red, uh, trout, uh, sharks, rays. Um, I mean, you can just catch an abundant amount of fish, and... You know, uh, I mean, and never have to, you know, get your feet wet, you know, yeah, true. Uh, I, I think uh, fishing, obviously when COVID, uh, I think more people were at home and trying to get out of the house, finding something to do. So that might have something to do with it, too. Uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody's locked down. So, you know, trying to get away from people and. I mean, you go to a beach, you know, at least in our area, I mean, they weren't, they weren't packed at all. There was like hardly anybody out there. So, um, I mean, just, yeah, accessibility would be my guess is why, you know, there's more people doing it. So. Hey, all that makes sense, man. I always wonder what people think on these ones because it is. We love our sport. It's a great sport. We we enjoy it. It's great relaxing. It's a lot of fun. Great memory maker. But on the same one, yeah, they, all of a sudden we see more and more. And we're like, hey, that's fine. It, there's plenty of beach for everybody. Just enjoy yourself. No, there is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, like kids. I, I love seeing the kids get into it, though. I mean, yeah. that, that really, uh, I mean, uh, any day of the week, I mean, my kids want a video game. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know if you need it. They want a fishing pole. Here you go. I'm all for it. Get them outside. So if the kids ever listen to this, you know, you can bribe your dad with, uh, wanting a new fishing rod. It's a decent, of a video decent game. bribe. Decent bribe. <laughs> right. All right. Second to last question here. One more about the uh, the new anglers here. What do you recommend to someone coming to your area to fish that's never been there before? Does before they put their lines in the water? Um, I would probably go to the local tackle shop and just you know find out you know what's biting, what the tides are. I mean, I know when I go to a new area, I always 
try to get a tide chart, you know, so I know what I'm dealing with. Uh, tides are different in every every place. I mean, you guys get very low tides where you're at. Uh, on the East Coast, I, I, I makes me laugh because they're like, today we have four feet of water movement. It's like, really? Four feet? That would be lovely. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so I, I would probably get a tide, tide chart and know what, you know, asks you just some local info as to what's biting in the area or whatnot and you know see if they have any recommendations on spots or beaches uh if you come to our area i'd be real mindful uh you've heard me talk numerous times about our tides we have rip currents um <clears throat> just just be careful of that you know uh just be careful of the rip currents and whatnot i mean tide comes in and goes out pretty quick around here so just want everybody to be safe and uh, have a good time great advice right there and you're right you do have some movement there so definitely something to be careful over all right the last question and you can finally be free what, all right <laughs> what's next for you um i'm just gonna keep on doing what i do and hopefully get a visit some new places uh you know, keep fishing with my kids, watching them grow and uh, become better anglers. And, yeah, see if we can't set some new PBs for the year. Nice. So uh, that's that's what I'm uh, looking forward to for this year. That's no, going to be great, man. I know I look forward to following you. I enjoy following you on social media. You know, I like that. The, the seeing the things you do and the catching and I, I also am extremely excited to see you again at the tournament I look forward to catching up with you again oh, at the yeah. way in and, sure. uh, you know you can have the big one I'm, I'm going to defend my crown for the small one so you, no, you guys you know, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I wanted that crown I'm not going to lie I really hope that was uh, I hope that when the I hoped it, I wanted it to win everything it was just like you got to be kidding me I've never never heard of anyone catching a redfish yet small from the surf me neither during that time i mean a 13 inch a rat red it's like that's, come on that's no, not right that's amazing i i love it i i tell you what i hope you defend it this year and uh you get another one because that i i thought it was super cool i really did <laughs> I, I mean I, I i was jealous i don't get jealous often but i, I was a little jealous of the red i was jealous so, of your catches what are you talking about dude you had some uh, fun catches that trip yeah, but uh, I didn't have a little redfish, so what do you do? <laughs> There's always this year. <laughs> huh? Uh, right? I'm a five-aught hook and a smaller piece of bait. I'm there. Oh, I'm there. there you go. There you go. Dropping her down on me. I like it. I like your style. Right? <laughs> I'm going to have to adapt, but uh, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Oh, so, yeah, man. I look forward to seeing you. That's awesome. We'll have a great time. Definitely, definitely going to be great. Seth, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, man. Share your knowledge about uh, oh, with Land sure. Bay Shark Fishing and Red Fishing and all, all about the areas there between St. Simons and Jekyll. Dude, I really appreciate it. I know somebody uh, is definitely going to be able to use this for themselves. So seriously, thank you great. so much. Hope I can help somebody, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. All right, sir, we will talk soon. Sounds good. Be well. All right, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed this episode. I really did. Seth's got a lot of knowledge and has just happily given it up here. So hopefully it helped you out. And uh, follow back to the page on the links. You'll be able to hyperlink back to all the things we talked about, definitely with all the other influencers or the equipment he spoke of. That way you know what it is. You know, you've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Thanks for being here.
I'll see you next week. I am out of here.